and welcome back to the Ever the Optimist podcast after an extended break. Uh, the Memorial Day weekend fell on my scheduled release date, so, um, well, I guess I decided to take the holiday. You know, uh, remember the men and women who have died in service to our country, um, get together with some families and friends. We had a good time. It was nice. Um, anyway, I'm Eric. We're back and raring to go, so let's get started. Remember, you can like Ever the Optimist on Facebook, and as always, you can find links and discussions of show topics in our show notes at www.wyethdigital.com slash optimist. That is W-Y-E-T-H-D-I-G-I-T-A-L dot com slash optimist. All right, so coming up on our Future Fails segment, Arthur C. Clarke, famed author and futurist, is well known for predicting and inventing the concept for satellites in geosynchronous orbit, but he's also offered some bold predictions that weren't so astounding. Yeah. Anyway, but first, our question of the week. Question of the week. Russian researchers have discovered a prehistoric mammoth carcass in the new Siberian islands in the Arctic Circle that was so well-preserved that when they began to remove the ice from around its belly, thick red blood began to ooze out. Uh, Samples of blood, muscle, tissue, uh, teeth, and bones have been sent to university labs in Yakutsk. Um, A South Korean team known for cloning a dog have expressed interest in cloning the mammoth, which was about 60 years old when it died some 10,000 years ago. Ten thousand years ago still blood amazing anyway so the obvious question of the week is should we do this or rather should the south koreans do this or should anybody do it bonus question if successful what should happen to the live mammoth i mean does it go into like a oh i don't know a prehistoric park of some kind a la jurassic park future deck A NASA scientist giving a talk at the 100-year Starship Conference in Houston, Texas last September declared that he has put together a theoretical model for a warp drive. Harold Sonny White, a nine-year NASA veteran with a lab dubbed EagleWorks at the Johnson Space Center in Houston, claims that he'll soon begin physical testing of his theories. Now, if faster-than-light warp drive travel is possible, That means a trip to our nearest neighbor, Alpha Centauri, that would take 75,000 years with conventional propulsion, could take a mere two weeks with a warp drive. Well, you know what I have to say about that. Engage! Future fail. Not only did famed science fiction author and notable recluse Arthur C. Clarke predict placing man-made satellites in geosynchronous orbit, he pretty much pioneered the concept. There's no denying that he was a genius and a visionary, but let's face it, even the best of us have an off day or two. Um, I've embedded a video in the blog uh, at wyattdigital.com optimist of a rare in-studio interview of Arthur C. Clarke by the BBC circa 1963. He discusses moon colonization and moon-based astronomy, among other things. But what was one of his biggest future fails? Well, for one thing, Mr. Clark predicted that the Russians would win the race to the moon 
and that the United States would not likely reach the moon until just after 1970. Here's a quote. I think that it's very unlikely that the American Moon Project, which is really a colossal thing, costing $10 million a day, will succeed in getting a man to the moon and back, which is equally important, before 1970, but it will not be much after that. End quote. Sorry, Artie, but you were wrong on that one. Care to try another? Okay, here goes on. Here goes one. Clark predicted that there would be a human mission to orbit, but not land on Mars in 20 years, with a landing in 25 years. So from 1963 to 19, yeah, it'd be about 1988 that we would have been uh, orbiting Mars or landing on Mars. Uh, so quote. So a Martian base may just come in this century, unquote. Well, that too was wrong, but I like the optimism. Glass half full. I'm going to travel back to this 100-year Starship Initiative for a moment. Imagine, if you will, an organization dedicated to the long-term endeavor of building and researching technologies that will, over the course of time, lead to a starship designed for interstellar travel. An organization whose ultimate goal will not be realized in the lifetimes of its progenitors, yet still inspires the dedication of philosophers and scientists, engineers, civil servants, industrialists, and hopefully an engaged public. You can find them at 100yss.org, that's 100yss.org, to learn more, but their mission statement is simple, and I quote, We exist to make the capability of human travel beyond our solar system a reality within the next 100 years. We unreservedly dedicate ourselves to identifying and pushing the radical leaps in knowledge and technology needed to achieve interstellar flight while pioneering and transforming breakthrough applications that enhance the quality of life for all on Earth. We actively seek to include the broad, broadest swath of people and human experience in understanding, shaping, and implementing this global aspiration. Taking up this task ignites not only our imagination, but the undeniable human need to push ourselves to accomplishments greater than any single individual." Unquote. Class half empty. In what may be an extremely short-sighted move, the International Science and Engineering Fair disqualified a team who built a nuclear reactor. Wyoming high school senior Conrad Farnsworth, relation unknown to future scientist and doomsday device collector Professor Hubert Farnsworth, uh, was disqualified from the fair on a technicality. Apparently, he had entered too many science fairs and in the wrong order. There's a couple of half-empty things wrong with this. Okay, first, too many science fairs? He's only one of 15 teens in the world to ever build a nuclear fusion reactor, and someone is worried about how many science fairs this genius has entered? What do they want? To make more room for baking soda volcanoes? Second, he's a teen with a nuclear reactor. Do you really want to piss off a bucket of hormonal soup who spent four years building his working fusion reactor 
instead of presumably maybe going on dates. Also, he's from Wyoming, the state that gave us Dick Cheney. Come on. Well, anyway, that's our show. Hope you enjoyed it. Stay subscribed. Or if you haven't subscribed, use the handy iTunes podcast link or the FeedBurner link on the blog. And be sure to check out some of the other features at wyethdigital.com. You can like Ever the Optimist on Facebook. And remember, keep your sights on the horizon, but your eyes on your toes. This has been Eric, and I'm Ever the Optimist.